0: Welcome to Layer Zero. Layer Zero is a podcast of unscripted conversations with the people that make up the Ethereum community. Crypto is built by code, but it's composed by people. And each individual member of the community has their own story to tell. Cypherpunks understood that the code they write impacts the people that use it. And Layer Zero is a podcast that focuses on the people behind the code because Ethereum is people all the way down and it always has been. Today, I'm talking with Peter Pan, who is a fellow class of 2017 crypto person, got into the world of crypto around the same time I did, Uh, made similar typical newbie mistakes that one does buying XRP. Um, But Peter immediately injected himself right into the core of the Ethereum community and kind of led the charge for DAOs. He was one of the earliest DAOers to really kind of reinvigorate this whole DAO revolution, starting, I think, in maybe early 2019. um, Peter's legacy, along with uh, others as well, is MetaCartel. MetaCartel was the first DAO after Moloch DAO to really use the the Dope moloch framework and to try and bestow part of what its visions should be upon the world via funding grants. But it's really turned into much, much more than that. I think MetaCartel is... um, it's a meme that is also um, a public good, kind of. It's a, it's a vibe that we all, as a collective humanity, can tap into. Um, defining Meta Cartel, I think, is inherently impossible. Uh, but I think you will, as a listener, understand why after you listen to this conversation with Peter Pan. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into that conversation. But before we do, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. Proof-of-stake systems like Ethereum, Terra, and Solana allow the industry to move away from the hot, loud, and wasteful proof-of-work systems and return back to a cottage industry of individual stakers and individual validators. And that is what we need to make this industry stay decentralized. Individuals must play their part in crypto network validation. And that is what Lido is here to do. Lido makes staking accessible to everyone at the click of a button. By delegating your stake to Lido's network of nodes, you can access the yield offered by Proof-of-Stake Systems and claim your share of the network transaction rewards. Do you have 32 ETH and want to stake it to Ethereum, but running a node sounds intimidating? Or maybe you have less than 32 ETH and you need to pool your ETH with others so you can access staking yields. Lido offers a solution for both. Simply go to Lido.fi, choose which assets you want to stake, and deposit them to the Lido validating network. Lido is working to make sure proof of stake stays as decentralized as possible, and is committed to decentralizing its own validating network to eventually become a completely permissionless protocol. So if you want to stake your ETH, Terra, or Sol, and get liquidity on your stake, go to Lido.fi to get started. All right, guys, we are here with Peter Pan. Peter, what's up? It is a pleasure to be
1: back on uh, Bankless. Well, Layer Zero, I guess. Uh, layer
0: Zero, no. You have Bankless. different
1: series, right? Yeah, yeah so uh, you have different like series and focuses. and.
0: Totally, yeah. Layer Zero is just basically the Tuesday flavor of Bankless at this point. Uh, so yeah, it's the Bankless podcast, but the Layer Zero sub category, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to get you on for longer than just 30 minutes. Cause the only other time we've had you on a show was uh the 30 minute pre-interview about what it was like to write that before a Bitcoin series, which turned into like an audiobook type podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I think uh yeah that was beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Uh Dude,
0: thank you for thank it was you so weird writing.
1: because yeah. It was like, you, like I wrote it and like when I first came into crypto and like, no one touched like I, some people read it. So it was mm-hmm. cool, but no one really like shone a spot. Like no one cared about it for pretty much two and a half years. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, and then out when of you world, wrote it, like, it was hey. in the
0: depths of the 2017 mania. Right. So like not necessarily the, the community that would appreciate a post of that nature
1: so the funny thing was that yeah this was one of the first things i, I discovered crypto started going to rush like workshops uh, dev workshops in 17. but i think in 2018 i went full-time just like i want to learn about the space i want to find a job i want to do stuff in here and I, I started asking questions really on a fundamental basis of like you know what is crypto what is blockchains what is technology like what what is cryptography who created cryptography uh, and when i wrote it it was just like i couldn't i wanted to do through the history i, I first started talking to crypto people again i realized i couldn't really i, I didn't i basically didn't shut up about this stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and then As i think does. that's when i realized i should i should i should write this down um and i think i've the series was mostly finished uh when the time i went to my first ever crypto conference uh in may 2008, 2018 that's right uh, in ed in um toronto for edcon um i was uh, a sponsor it was a sponsored trip like some people uh bucky Bar in sydney funded me to go on a scholarship to go to the conference and i didn't know anyone i didn't have any friends so in the hashtag edcon hashtag for the conference i just posted like i kept on posting this link (laughs) of like the 70s intro to um history on uh before bitcoin and Mm -hmm. surprisingly i met a few people such as philip um and Chris Safer, like, who working on BrainBot and I'm Token tokenbacked. Like, just different people I know all the way to today that, like, actually, like, came across what I wrote and then, like, actually read all of it. <laughs> it
0: because um, that you, because you just tweeted out the the link with the hashtag? Just because you spanned yeah, it? Yeah,
1: I barely, like... I barely had any crypto followers or anything, and I was just like mm-hmm. spamming that hashtag of like, hey, check this out, the history of crypto.
0: <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Uh, not, not too many people know this, but I kind of have a, a similar like entrance into crypto for ETHEMBER 2018. I wrote out some essays that I thought would be interesting, and I didn't have a <laughs> Medium account. I didn't know what a Medium account was at the time. Uh And so I printed out these essays and I was handing them, <laughs> I literally had a backpack that felt like 20 yeah. pounds of paper and I was handing them out physically to people at ETH Denver 2018. I think
1: uh, some of the early cypherpunks did that as well. Uh really? I forgot who it was, but, you know, they were handing out the cypherpunk manifesto and paper to people.
0: Right. Um, but they were doing that in the 80s and yeah. 90s, right? Not, yeah, not, yeah, not exactly. after yeah, yeah. a medium <laughs> had been invented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Good point. <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the very basic question that I think I'll start with is like, how, what was your first entrance into crypto? How did crypto land in your life?
1: Honestly, um, I think, well, it, I think this went back to 2012 and 13 when I was online. I was like doing weird internet things. I was like learning how to like, it's like they were online, they were like weird forums about things such as like, how do you social like, social engineer systems so you can get like free cans of red bull mm. right <laughs> or like you know you learn it's like it was a whole forum about like you know weird tricks in society like in, right. in life sort of it's like
0: real life bugs you want it, like real life exploits yeah it's
1: like really exactly real life exploits and bugs that was sort of harmless right like right. how do you get free cans of red bull it's like you message the support being like oh my god i've bought six cans and there were absolutely nothing in all of them they were air eh, i want to uh-huh. I would like a replacement. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Please, right. or like how do you get a small fry at McDonald's for free? Just go when it's busy and ask that they missed they missed it. Right. Um like we had little society bugs like this and that and one of the forms was like uh yeah, they, they were like, you know, it's like hey, you can earn several dollars a day clicking captures. And uh that happened to be a site where you basically right. like it, w- it was like Bitcoin faults so back in 2012 or 13. Uh and that's where I discovered Bitcoin. I just like for a day or two (laughs) and like, you know, barely sense just clicking on captures and like getting Bitcoin from different drips and faucets. And uh, I think that's when, um, yeah. And and I didn't think too much about it. I was like, this is weird. Why am I doing this? This is, I'm going to stop doing this. This is like a very little benefit to me. (laughs) Was
0: it, was it because Um, of the money or just because you could?
1: Because I could, I was like fascinated with, I like set up wallets. I was like, collecting like mini bits of satoshis every time uh and I, I just went down different rabbit holes you know uh on the internet like that so like you know i saw the account to today so it's like today it's like 70 dollars maybe right but like back i was then about it was, to like, ask sex. like
0: wow did you were you one of those few people that actually kept the private keys of their first bitcoins they ever got
1: <laughs> yeah i i I, uh, I actually surprisingly i don't know how i dug it up but i like i remember one day i was just like looking like i wonder if like uh i have anything i just like on my email and yeah i still have it
0: actually too bad the airdrops aren't really a thing on bitcoin because those wallets would have been <laughs> oh, a yeah, of them oh, if God. they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um
1: so i learned about the then skip didn't care anything about it i was really like working in mostly like tech startups in sydney mm-hmm. in like 17 uh 16 and 18 and um Around that time period. And uh I sort of got bored of like building web two and I think I started exploring again. Uh and, and and you know, I think I started hearing about like I think in the mid early 17, like people talking about investing in Ethereum how like, you know, uh and I was like, wait, what's Ethereum? And I learned there was like many different cryptos other than just Bitcoin. Like wow. I heard about like OMG, made safe, like Sia coin. I'm like, what the hell is Gnosis? I'm like, what the hell is all of this? Uh and then that uh wasn't until basically like watching YouTube shitcoins for like you know, shitcoin videos for a while until I think in September, October of 2017, where I went to my first ever, um, crypto workshop where, uh, that Bucky Poova, the legendary dev of Sydney, the godfather of crypto in Sydney, basically it was back then like running uh four hour workshops at a time, several times a week around like, what is a private key? What is a blockchain network? It's like, what is, you know, what does it look like to run a light node, sync a light node, right? Like. And that's when, when I went to my first one, I was like, basically, like, it blew my mind, like, I was like, whoa, that's like, this is way more than just like, uh, speculative investments. This is like, entire like, platform, like, this is something that was going to be super huge, and just like, fell down the rabbit hole pretty hard. Like, I went to every one of the workshops pretty much um, afterwards. And um, yeah, uh, and uh, I think uh, that was uh, my entry into crypto.
0: So there's uh, often, at least for people who come into the Ethereum community, there's like two aha moments. There's the aha moment of like, oh, this crypto thing is for real and is here to stay. And then there's the aha moment is like, oh, this crypto thing is really all becoming encapsulated by Ethereum. Did you have those two aha moments as well? It's not like you definitely had the first. You just described it. Was there an Ethereum aha moment?
1: I, I to be honest, I I was definitely an XRP holder in the beginning. I like bought everything. I bought Litecoin. I bought Monero. I bought XRP. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. and I think I showed up to that dev workshop being like, yeah, I'm an investor. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, and they're like, they like, what are you investing? Yeah. In? I'm like, oh, like Ripple's gonna be totally like revolutionary. With, like, the future Thank yeah. you. And they're like, I, I sort of now understand why they're looking at me in a weird way. Right. Um, and I think over time, like what I I just realized that all these really shady people were like hanging around all the other projects, and only really the real developers and builders were hanging around like Ethereum. The Ethereum community, mm-hmm. so I sort of like naturally, like you know, made that realization of like, oh, this might be the most legitimate one, right? Uh,
0: you know, and the yeah, the developer that you were talking about, who's leading the workshop, when he was talking about private keys and blockchain networks, was he was he using it, is Ethereum as like the model, or was it more just like technology independent?
1: No, it was definitely Ethereum. He was showing me oh, okay. uh, Eve like light node syncing. He was showing us how to deploy uh ERC twenty contract for a remix. Uh, you know, and we were using like, you know, I think EFA wallet back then as well. Um yeah. It was like very E centric. So
0: yeah, yeah. When you were uh when you said you got bored with uh working on web two and you worked for tech startups. So what were you doing for tech startups? Like what what's your like technical skill set before you came into crypto?
1: Um yeah i was a ux designer so i talked to all the users right so uh the last project like web2 product product i worked on was uh cancer aid so it was like basically um this it's basically like if you have cancer you uh mostly like are guided by treatment plans and uh like uh you know based on paper right like Mm -hmm. you know there's no real way to actually like deliver information uh real time from like yourself to like you know clinicians right so uh like the whole uh life cycle of like getting cancer and like going into remission and like treatment like it was just it was like in chalk and like stone basically mm-hmm. right so it was like while i was working an app that basically collected all the data fed it to clinicians and i was a person really understanding talking to all the cancer patients clinicians family members everyone part of the journey and just like understanding the problem space this was like very early on with the startup now it's still running today um and uh, yeah, I was, I just talk. I was the person that talked to everyone, uh, and put uh, details into a doc and, uh, distilled them into products and like features and problems and data to biz dev marketing and, uh, you know, product and, you know, I designed UI and, but, you know, a lot of it was talking to people.
0: What about that? Like behavior or activity? Do you see yourself like recycling skills into this current web three crypto world?
1: Like, yeah, I, I sort of feel like I hadn't, like, with community building, I just, like, um, well, I feel like with community building, I, that's a lot of what I've done in the last couple of years and still do a lot of today, like, at least helping projects think through this. Um, and I would say that a lot of it is just, like, I take a, I, I really, I guess, take a lot from product design and UX design and user research because I think in product design, right, like, you... Uh, the heuristic or that what you're taught is basically to really focus on user needs and, you know, build empathy with users and right. Uh, customers, right? And I feel like the equivalent of that, of being user, like of having user and product obsession in Web2 is like the Web3 equivalent is probably like being community for us and having empathy for community members, right? So um, I think that it's really the same thing. And like design in general, it's like design is a process, right, of like, ID, like identifying problem space, ideating solutions, testing it, iterating, getting feedback, right? And with product design, it, you're, you know, I guess or so being UI designer, web designer, or mobile designer, you just basically, you're signing specific mediums in which you execute design for, right? Um, like, you're, you're, you know, whether you're a graphic designer as well, visual designer, motion designer, you're, you have techniques and tools to solve the problem, right? Or, or create an outcome or create an experience. I feel like with, um, you know, building communities, it's really designing, you know, designing an outcome, you're designing an environment, designing a journey for people to go on to reach a certain goal. And instead of, uh, you know, wireframes as being the medium which you express the design through, you're doing that through uh, communication, text, storytelling, organizing the layouts of discords, even to branding, to, you know, all these things and to relationship building. You're these are your tools. And, you know, instead of me looking at sketch and drawing boxes all day (laughs) and doing using drop shadows, it's probably more, uh, like people are more of the interface of community building. So this is the analogy I've always, I've always had, uh, you know, and whenever I'm stuck, I usually think like, what, how do I design myself out of a situation or so on?
0: So when I, this is really interesting. And I'm trying to figure out the right question to ask. Um, so it feels a, a little bit like social engineering, right? Where with UX you're trying to optimize towards an outcome. social engineering has like a very negative connotation, but right, like it
1: does. It's a very shady. It's very shady connotations. Like no, right. it's not good.
0: Right, but also like almost yeah. explicitly, crypto is. Um, we are trying to. We we have tools to tinker with incentives. What does that mean? Right we're tinkering with social dynamics, right? And in the intro to the show, I always say, cypherpunks know that the code they write creates social systems or impacts the people that use Mm -hmm. it, right? Uh, And so, like, when we're designing these communities, like, when you're a UX designer, you're trying to just basically ease the frictions to get the outcome that you want, right? Like, we have this outcome. We want to make as many users as possible go through the complete process and actually achieve the outcome. With, like, communities, they're almost, like, isn't an outcome because the community needs to define the outcome all your job is to do is to get people into the community right and have the community figure out the outcome
1: i think it it, different communities uh can exist in different ways right like you know the way you described it like you know the community decides the outcome totally right Uh, but a part of that journey is like helping like often like times it's like facilitating that discovery of what that community wants
0: Right, 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 and creating
1: right. like and creating clarity right like that is also the process and once you have some level of clarity it's like people like i guess your job is to help people get that right mm-hmm. um so in a way it's very it definitely is very uh emergent but there's also something very like operationally rigorous about like once you've like identified what the community wants you've often also have to help the community get momentum and find uh right. make its steps towards that right um that's why I think oftentimes like the moment in which a community really becomes alive is often when like, you find the community's first win? It's like, you know, there's plenty of groups that come together that want to do things, but they often fizzle away because it never, nothing ever gets done. There's no ownership. Right. Um, and oftentimes I feel like the, the key there between like fizzling out and like really becoming something special where everyone jumps on and adds on is like, you know, sparking the first win, the first victory for that group. Uh, and getting making sure that it's a a victory that everyone can feel so that some sense of ownership around right
0: Do you think that like, so imagine a hypothetical community has come together. There's a decent amount of energy in there, but there's no W's yet. There's no wins, but there's some semblance of shared purpose and reasoning goals in some direction as like, we don't know where our wins are going to be, but we're going to be, they're going to be over here. Like we're we're, going to go that way. Find a W out there. Right. (laughs) Do you, do you think that like maybe the actual instantiation of finding that W can actually change uh, the out the the direction of the community is like well, there's there were, there's 30 degrees of direction that we're going to go. We're actually going to go 30 degrees to the to the left, or and we're also going to go 30 d- degrees to the right. But we're going forwards, but they yeah. actually find the the wind 30 degrees to the left, and so everyone stops going right, and and yeah. because the wind was over to the left, the wind actually dictates the future direction. Have you have you seen anything like that? I've
1: seen communities where yes, it definitely has dictated that, but uh, I feel like the story of Metacartel is the opposite.
0: Okay. Of, oh tell me.
1: A lot of a lot of Metacartel has been like I've always been very like very like uh organized. So like I wanna like make sure we like find wins, structured wins, but it's always like I feel like whenever I've tried to guide the community in many ways, um, it's what I've ended up achieving is more like inception, like performing inception into people, being like making mm. sure that like you know, it's like, we need to get go somewhere. Let's go. I think we're in this direction. And then, like, pe- some people resist. It's sort of the meme doesn't catch on. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then very naturally, we actually do go somewhere because people are generally aligned with, like, the, the requirements of where we need to go. And strangely enough, it's like the answer is very emergent. Mm-hmm. Right? And then over time, I realize that, you know, you need enough uh, chaos and noise to exist uh, you know, like some, that is actually some, like, you know, a, a good thing you want a lot of, uh, you know, friction, like sort of friction and like bouncing, you want ideas to float in and out. You want that to be collisions of ideas. And that's the sort of, of where, ideas. you know, yeah, the men pull of ideas. And that's where I think, you know, um, yeah, direction comes from. So like, I realized instead of like forming direction fast, uh, you know, like one of the things I, I the mentality shifts I went from in, in terms of making doubt proposals, was like, instead of like pointing in a single direction first, I, you know, I started writing proposals that really just outlined the vision of where we want to go mm-hmm. uh, and then getting alignment there and then just like holding discussions around that vision. And then very naturally the the sort of the actual tactical um, direction really emerges from some of the members, right? Like it just, it sort of clicks when it, the right meme comes abroad, right? Um, yeah, and, and sort of that's how I've learned sort of how to operate.
0: There's There seems to be like a chicken and an egg discussion here, right? Like, do the visions dictate the wins or do the wins dictate the visions? And, I mean, it sounds like there's an interaction between those two things. Do you, uh, do you have an opinion on which one's more important?
1: I don't think that uh, sometimes one is important. Like, sometimes a long-term direction is impo- is more important than the current short-term focus. But sometimes you need to also run with it sort of like, I feel like running communities or fostering communities is a bit like being sort of uh, a a DJ sort of like, you know, you're like, uh, you're mixing tracks that work well with each other. You should, you sort of know what uh, tracks you're putting on, but at the same time you're reading the room Mm -hmm. and the next track that you thought was going to be good 20 minutes ago might not be the right track now. Like, you know uh, but there might still be this overall theme and that you want to like, mix throughout the night with, right? Like you have a certain set of song selections, right? That you want to like play within. Uh, And there's no right answer, but like, um, you know, so I think you have to be really present and and sort of have your finger on the pulse on making sure you go explore the areas that the community wants to explore. Uh, And at certain times make trade-offs to just like push the community to a certain area because it needs to go where it needs to go, right? And I think that is like the you know, like, it's like not too much salt, not too little, just, just, right. Just, just enough. Right. So, um, that's a, not a cooking analogy, I guess. So it's like, you know, yeah,
0: it, it, it makes sense because when you're, I'm not, I'm not a DJ, I think you are, or at least you very much appreciate you know, people that DJ.
1: Yeah. I appreciate my, uh,
0: warehouse raves and sounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's, it seems to be like the, the shared goal behind, like a crypto community, a community at large, but like what we're really talking about right. crypto communities and a DJ is like, there's a, uh, an energy, right? There's a vibe that must be sustained. Yeah. Uh, and the DJ's job is to sustain the vibe while also directing it, right? Like making sure the vibe stays right. alive. Uh, and same thing with a, with a community, right? Like there's a vibe and the best thing, the, the goal of a community is to make that vibe shared by more people right so djs want their music to be listened to by more mm-hmm. people uh DeFi communities or crypto communities want their community values to be shared and vibed with by more people and then have that vibe become like stronger and stronger and stronger over time right so like it's just like this core energy of like there's probably other examples as well you yeah, we also like tie no, into this, is this as well. yeah
1: yeah no this is a perfect way to describe it and um yeah, and there's, uh, you know, it's like oftentimes in DAOs, it's like get shit done or have fun or do both. And like you mm-hmm. want to have a bunch of mix uh, mix of both and do things within that's in line with the vibe of a community, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like there's got to be some sort of semblance, balance between like play and work and play, right? Because if you're right. all, if everyone in the DAO is working and no one's playing, well, is that really a vibe? but also if everyone's right. playing and not working, <laughs> then like the vibe's going to die yeah. because like all the economic exactly. resources are going to get expended. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Th- right. Uh, the, the whole
1: coming, like, this should, revolution- be a <laughs> this should be a chart. It's like the trade-off of like <laughs> the, guys are vibing way too to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the future, like NBA, the, the crypto version NBA, it's like vibing, working, it's like, we've got to, Find the perfect triangle like right. of equality here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um work, work the hard, play, hard makes triangles. A good vibe. Yeah, the conjoined triangles of vibing and uh working. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> There's something here. Somebody else take yes. this and run with it. Um Peter, what was the the first like crypto community that you felt aligned with and identified with?
1: Good question. Um I would definitely say, um, I came across, oh, that's right. Yes. This is, um, so my first crypto conference, like in, uh, May of 2018, you know, at Contemanto, the day before the conference started, I went to this event, uh, where, you know, like people were talking about EIP zero. It was, a um, back then, I think the sharing community was like basically in a bit of a shit show, like, you know, because the uh, EIP nine 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 just happened, which is basically this like idea. It's a hard fork, right? Oh uh, no, no, it was like I think uh, Parity's uh, proposal. I'm not sure what it exactly was, but it was, I think it's Parity's proposal to like, uh, like hard fork Ethereum, but was, that was shut down because like there was like a Parity multi sig hack. Yeah, no, that that I think that was right. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> the funny thing was also EIP nine 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 backwards is like six 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 die. <laughs> I just remember that, <laughs> like, like that meme. <laughs> um, so yeah, people were talking about uh, EIP e- e- zero. Um, I mean, I- EIP e- 99 So like, you know, huge contention because like Ethereum hard forked uh, from the DAO, and that happened, right? But what about Parity Motorsig, You know, blah blah blah. Right. So EIP zero was an effort to basically go around the entire Ethereum community, collect feedback on how Ethereum should be governed, what its values were. Right, uh, it was one of the first attempts to really put this on paper. Right.
0: Um, and there's a, there's a reference think, to layer zero here somewhere with EIP zero. Yeah, it's like the genesis yeah, yeah, of the, the genesis of the culture, right? That's right.
1: And I think uh, that was an online survey, and I was like helping like collate the survey responses together, right, in a Figma board. Um, but I, that was a meetup like held by the Shur Magicians. Mm. That was in charge of like hosting discussion about uh, EIP zero and uh, EIP uh 999 and i think there was like justice steiner like uh it was lane retic like uh hudson um i think griff uh griff green Mm -hmm. they were on a couch and there was like a a, some downtown toronto meet meet space there was like l4 there like all the people i saw on twitter but were like just on all of that like rl in the couch like talking about this stuff and i was just like sitting there like this like little you know dumb nut just like listening in and like trying to keep up (laughs) um and i think that resonated because they were truly trying to like protect something important which is like this like the community around ethereum right and making sure it doesn't like fragment and and you know making sure governance was sort of sort of conducted in an open fashion i so i really that i think that's the first community i really like resonated with and like boris mann was sort of really in the, in the weeds are uh, helping coordinate everything. And I was trying to do, I wasn't, I, I couldn't really participate in any of the discussions. So I just like did the dumb, stupid stuff. Like, hey, I cleaned up the GitHub issues. I right. I, <laughs> I tagged all the posts, you know. Um, <laughs> I wrote the notes for this, right. Um, I did things such as like, oh, let's like, don't know do anything about the product managers in Ethereum and Web3 back then. So I'm going to do uh, Eve product interviews, right, on, on everyone, on all the PMs I knew um and yeah and and I, at that meetup i just like remember being like wow this is like it's like such a privilege potentially to like contribute to something so big right mm-hmm. um and that was like a, what a strong impression i was like i want to i want to do important work one day <laughs> like these people
0: Having the Ethereum cat herders as your first community that you uh, came into with is an insanely awesome answer. I was expecting to hear some random community that like died out a few <laughs> a few months later.
1: Uh, if I joined today, it'd be like, oh my, hey, I joined this like social token thing. Like, let um, like we're all getting tattoos. <laughs> you
0: know well, like <laughs> getting tattoos there's yeah i'm sure there's going to be an organization like that if it's not if not already oh it exists oh yeah no wait I'm oh it, are you, is it is it the nft or what is it non-fungible yeah, proof of, yeah hashtag
1: shout out to proof of ink dow
0: proof of ink dow i have not inquired as to how i get my ink um they're not real tattoos though right no they're 100 percent real there's about like RC 721 oh boy i'm not sure i'm ready to yeah try yeah that yeah DAO. Okay, <laughs> hang on, I'm not done with the Ethereum caters uh, section. Yeah. Uh, why? Why? I, I, you you hinted to it, but I just want to want you to uh, unpack and elaborate. Like, why did you decide to commit so much energy to this organization that you just met? Like, what what motivated you to do like the basic stuff, even when you couldn't understand the bigger stuff?
1: To be honest, when I first, I guess, uh, joined the firm, like when I, I, I guess it goes back to before Bitcoin that series, tonight, mm-hmm. Like, I originally would join just so, like, I want to, like, I knew, like, I think late 17, after going through the workshops, I knew that crypto, Web3, and Ethereum was, like, going to be, like, it was the most, I was so, sh- I didn't, I couldn't explain it to someone very coherently. I couldn't, I didn't do anything in it meaningfully, but I just, I knew it was, like, the mm-hmm. the first meaningful venture bet, uh, you know, <laughs> of crypto, really, which was, like, my dedication of time and energy. It was, like, I just was so sure that this was going to be a thing. It was like almost undeniable. Like it just felt, felt so obvious. And I was like, it just made sense to get a head start. <laughs> I had to front one, everyone else, and like learn about all of this before it became even more complex. Uh, and then, you know, that when I f- went into sort of the history of cryptography and realized this connection to the cypherpunks, um, I sort of became very inspired by the sacrifices and all the work that people did you know back in the 70s and 80s and 90s and i really you know for the first year uh, you know the at least from the start of my journey into ethereum i felt very inspired to like do something meaningful like do work that w- would be eventually like recognized mm-hmm. somewhere you know like in the like like in 50 years later like my my one wish is just, like have some piece of work that i've like walked on just like remembered as like somewhat sort of a building block right mm-hmm. um so like that was very inspiring. Um, and so I felt like this was important, worthy work that like needed to be done and no one else was going to do this, nor could I really contribute in any other fashion. Like, you know, everyone else was back then everyone was hiring developers, but no one needed like uh community builders or like comms, like, you know, no people who can't code effectively, right? Or aren't engineers. Um, so I felt like this is the best grunt work I can do <laughs> and uh serve so, uh mm-hmm. this sort of movement right so that's what i did
0: and so uh, your resume also includes uh, being a very early if not the earliest member of meta cartel when did uh, how far ahead in the story am i skipping ahead here
1: um you know maybe so Metacartel really the formations happened you know in september of two of, of that year 2018 that's right okay um so yeah like i think you know Basically, MetaCultural originally was a technical working group around a UX solution known as MetaTransactions, hence the name.
0: Right, right. Wow, yes. that is a trip. Yes, yes. Okay, sorry, keep going.
1: Yeah. So, in the same EdCon, um, I believe, in Toronto, there was a UX Unconference. And that that UX Unconference, Alex Van der Sand presented Universal Logins, a, a UX login solution that, was, that used gasless voting and multi sig key management right um and that was like revolutionary and like everyone's like oh my god this is like the future of ux (laughs) we're gonna bring mass adoption you know max mass adoption is like solved um and i guess this his technologies, like he he outlined he didn't really alex anderson didn't invent meta transactions but he was the first one that really popularized it and then brought it into the uh, minds of everyone right um and so uh his video of tommy universal login spread around and you know, I think, you know, um, I started working project, uh, that, you know, also wanted to work, uh, in the same area as meta transactions. Uh, so, and I think the first ever, like real life working group that emerged around meta transactions was in, uh, the first ever ETH Berlin out in 2018. Um, and yeah, that's, and I remember very distinctly, almost photographically, like the first meeting of MP, like to people from staff from nurses, like, human status, just gathering in the, um, whole of, uh, factory Berlin, um, you know, just, Hey, like we're here, like, let's talk about meta transactions and how do we stand? What do we need to do? Like standardize the contract interface? Can we create a decentralized meta transactions network? And after that event, we started a telegram group, which is, which we s- is still alive today, which is like the main ecosystem chat for medical Hotel. Like it's sort of just like general news and stuff like that. But, you know, um, where we started the meta, meta Transactions Working Group. And then we thought that was a boring name after a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, you know, so we like put up a vote on which name we should name the working group. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we named it Meta Cartel because actually that wasn't the first name we voted it on for. The first name was El Cartel de la Meta. I think that was like MPs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just like a weird, it was like... At, First vote, it seemed it won the uh, outstanding vote, but like it just was not very easy to pronounce. So we're like the, sec- the second bad most meme. bad meme. Bad meme. Immediately bad meme. It was like not even like that long. It was like half a day later we realized this is bad. Like, right. Let's change it to Meta cartel. Um And the one that was voted in was like Meta with a Meta space cartel, and then we're like no. And then MP was like no, you put it together, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, so it's like Meta cartel and then. That's, uh, I guess the meme is like, we're the only ones working in Reddit transactions. Uh, it's a cartel of knowledge. Uh, right.
0: How many people were and, there in uh, the Telegram chat at the time?
1: No more than like 17, 20. And I, and so we were running the meetings, we were writing meeting notes and we wrote down everyone who attended as well. Mm-hmm. So I think like, you know, we still have the HackMD documents like back then, where it's like, we also, I also wrote like a blog post overview of all the problems we were trying to solve, right? Um, and yeah, it's like no more than 25, 20, 20, people trying to work on this back then. Uh, yeah.
0: And so that a group of people working on these like problems that uh, we're trying to solve, that reminds me of uh, one of the talks that I listened to at MCon where somebody, it might have been you actually talked about how Meta Cartel was formed, uh, at, at least at the, at the maybe, maybe it was the Meta Cartel venture side, uh, trying to mm. fund projects that were solving the problems that Meta Cartel ran into. And so, like, kind of uh, linking this back into our discussion about, like, how a community establishes a vision for itself, A, a it's yeah. very, very emergent, but it seems to be, like, this community just <sighs> yeah, formed yeah. Uh, formed around, like, hey, there's this technology called transactions yeah. It can be a huge UX upgrade. Everyone here believes, sees that vision of the huge UX upgrade, so let's form a group around this. And all of a sudden, right. that group turned into a more instantiated community. What was the next steps after putting everyone into a telegram and like finding a name for the organization what happened next
1: uh, yeah f- i guess the fun fact was Austin griffith was the first one to join that telegram group chat as well oh, really? Just trip, fun yeah, yeah 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 i still have the screenshot that's like um and so yeah after people joined um, we like met offline a couple times like east san francisco where we were, like hung out mm-hmm. did things and it was at it was like in october like early october we had eve san francisco and that's where the metacartel logo came about as well mm. um and he was know, like the metacartel seemed, like, logo is a
0: chili pepper in a sombrero that's dancing and a miraculous, miraculous and it yeah. was mp
1: yeah dictate and it was frankie nines as well like drawing the thing um and when it came out i was like this is awful like i wanted to be a serious serious like research group i was like i need a job i sort of need some credibility like mm. Like, you know, I, I'm like putting effort into this volunteer sort of like, <laughs> come on. Like, and then like right. people love the chili logo. And I'm like,
0: really? <laughs> well, at the same time, I like Ethereum it. had his unicorn logo. Were you Maybe you, you were I in know. the mindset of just like, hey, I need to look professional because that's what this world is about. Is that the mindset?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had this mindset of like, I need to look professional because like for us, like I'm like. I'm like getting to the end of the year and I haven't like done anything mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I haven't like, and I like needed, like, I'm, I was like, I'm running out of money. I like, I need a job. Like, I'm like, that was like, <laughs> like, like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, like I grew to love it over time, but you know, back then I was like, Oh God, really There's like, okay, whatever. I was like, disgruntledly mm-hmm. like accepted the logo. So that's an example where like, I really want it to be one thing, but if people mm-hmm. loved it, we went what with it. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and I guess the unique part about the initial seed of Metacartel was that there was a lot of people who joined the community, like a lot of people that was part of the initial technical working group around use experience weren't like Ethereum OGs. There were definitely some, right? Like really like people who are around like Stefan from Gnosis and people like that. But um, it was like a lot of new people. And I think that's what, like, really spiced up the group from the beginning. It was just, like, people who came in 17, early 18, who just, like, were application scrubs. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't, like, we couldn't work on, like, base layer stuff. We couldn't work on scaling. We just, like, wanted to build cool stuff, right, like, for end users. And that's what we cared about. Um, and that, I think, seeded a lot of the DNA of, like, mm-hmm. all, which is, like, you know, have fun. Do things, like, run it, like, sort of run and gun, like, you know, uh, move fast and experiment, which is the opposite of Ethereum back then, which is like, how do we like build the next thousand years of Ethereum? <laughs> you know, how do we, uh, you know, yeah, build all this infrastructure? We w- We just wanted to experiment and move fast, and um, it was a fairly counterintuitive sort of mindset as well. Like, and then, and that's what actually I think like signaled and attracted all this, all the interesting people that uh became at a cartel. Um, you know, like you know, uh, early on.
0: There's definitely this uh, like generational phenomenon where generations in crypto find themselves like they all they, like <laughs> we all got into crypto yeah. with the same background. Like we all we here's like the centralized blockchain scam that we all fell for at the same time, uh, and then and then we found Ethereum. All of us more in the same f- like few months Month. or so, and then yeah. all, everyone finds like commonality in that when they actually got into into crypto hey guys in the second half of the show the story of meta cartel continues uh it is an endless story it's a long-term games story so the story by hopefully by definition does not end but unfortunately we have to break up the podcast to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange i've been a customer of gemini since i first got into crypto in 2017 and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid DAI markets. Gemini just launched their Earn program, where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi, or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than a hundred dollars within the first 30 days after signup, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. The Aave Protocol is a decentralized liquidity protocol on Ethereum, which allows users to supply and borrow certain crypto assets. Aave version two has a ton of cool features that makes using the Aave Protocol even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi money Legos, yield, and composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can supply to the protocol in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have supplied collateral. Here, you can see me borrowing 200 USDC against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens and ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock in that interest rate in permanently. V2 also features the ability for users to swap collateral without having to withdraw their assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. With Aave, users can do this in one seamless transaction, saving you time and gas costs. Check out the power of Aave at That's aave.com. That's a a v e.com. Um, but I, I just want to keep on, on going with the story. So uh, meta Cartel formed after uh, an alliance behind like trying to work on um, uh, meta transactions, came up with a name, came up with a logo what what was the motivational energy to keep this organization like cohered was it was it considered an organization at this point or were we, are we still kind of in this like oh yeah there's like a group of people oh under uh, this like label like what, what t- take us from the pre-organization to actually an organization yeah time
1: like, yeah that's a very good framing uh yeah it was like honestly because it had like the chili logo and i think because that helps much actually like i I'm so thankful like because of that, because like if it was a serious thing, I might have treated it more like a serious thing, but because it had a chili logo and like it had all these amazingly like smart people crowd around it and like for some reason so still like, gained a lot of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you just like had smart people coming in to like collaborate and solve problems. And uh, I but despite that, I just sort of thought of it as a huge joke that got bigger and bigger. Like we like printed out a medicar shirt and like mm-hmm. gave it to Alex Vanistan to wear. And we printed the logo on the wrong side of the shirt; it was backwards. So we like had to make on purpose? It's like Alex Jenison wear. No, we we made a mistake. It was just like why, <laughs> why the like why like you know, some printed shirts, and for some reason the logos on the back. were like, who the hell did this?
0: <laughs> you
1: know. Um, and, and then we wanted to have Alex Jenison wear it, but he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'll wear, I'll wear it backwards." So yeah, I don't know if you can find it, but in 2018 in Prague he was giving a talk and he was just totally backward shirt, like just mm-hmm. looks weird. Um, and um, yeah. And then we were like, Oh my God, like Alexander Lansson's wearing our shirt, <laughs> wearing the medical shirt, <laughs> you know? And I think then I had a, re- I remember the interaction where I was trying to give Joseph Lubin and sitting in the front row, a medical toll like sicker. And he's like, what the hell is this? And I just sort of shied away. I didn't explain it. <laughs> I was just like, look, have it. And like, this is enough. Um, and, um, so yeah, anyways, uh, we try to solve meta transactions over the new, like, at, I think at Prague is when we made a breakthrough and like, you know, a lot of the main problems are solved around meta transactions. And, uh, that's where the gas station network came about when Tabuki really made this, like the design shift, you know? Um, and yeah, I think it, w- I, I think in the new years, like early 2019, uh, 19, then like, you know, Eve Denver or whatever, like. I wasn't at the Eve Denver, but like, and a lot of the research problems are over. So I felt like, okay, this is this was like a fun thing. This is done. I didn't even think about it, right? Until I think like, uh, you know, people, someone was like in the Telegram metacultural chat, like, hey, like, where are we meeting up? And this was like for Eve Denver, like, meet up to do what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like. Like, and, and I guess at that point, we had like spent a lot of time together as a group. Like we had, we, we you know, hosted dinners that we took at whole restaurants out, <laughs> filled up the whole restaurant. You know, we've like, did a lot of research calls offline and online and it became, I, I think when the first person volunteered to, you know, like volunteer to run the meetup and fund the meetup and like find sponsors and it all autonomously came together. I think that's when I really started taking Metacart very seriously. I was like wow this is like there's now a community here it is not just me trying to keep it alive (laughs) you know um and i think that's when i was like okay like i'm gonna dedicate this next year um like i love time boxing initiatives and sprints like i'm gonna time box one more year uh or one year to purely focus on growing Metacotl as a community and i just knew that it was a very valuable hub of people who have very application uh, minded and I didn't really know where it would go I like you know I talked a lot with Drew Harding and James Young like back in late 2018 about like should we create like a dApp development you know studio adventure studio can we create a dApp incubator and I think that's where my mind went it's like how do we get more dApps how do you build more dApps and how to experiment with more use cases and it took on a more generalistic sort of focus of like let's build stuff that's useful um absolutely did not get that off the ground because yeah, had no credibility there's no <laughs> money there's just anywhere um no track record as well and and really failed to like i think we try literally try to form a dap incubator but we're like where do we get money like i don't know like do you know like we're just like, you know, <laughs> do we're you know we're has really no
0: one has yeah, like, yeah, like, Who's how we got got the ether yeah we like yeah we're like, <laughs>
1: had, yeah, we're like um yeah, but what, what do you, how, do you, how do you do you do the thing? Like, I don't know. So um, we fluffed around for a bit more until I think, and that was also when Moloch DAO was launching. And I think James Young was talking about Moloch DAO to me, yapping his goddamn ear off to me, like you know about Moloch DAO quote and I basically like uh, blocked any right. sentence in my mind of Moloch and DAO in it for like a while until I think I realized that like when Moloch DAO made its first grant. Uh, and I was like, "Wow! Like this is the first ever DAO I've ever seen, or like existence that is actually like creating a real value today." Mm-hmm. And that's when I really like started to pop up and like, "Oh wow, I want to join this thing." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously they didn't let me because uh, I was poor and I no, no one knew who I was as well. Right. Um, and uh, but you know, that was the moment where I was like, "Fuck you guys! I, I'm gonna uh, create my own DAO." Or oh, like as a joke, just, mm-hmm. it was initially a joke. Uh, I had a chat, a uh, call of Cassandra and Amin, like as a, after like a debrief of like, why the fuck was I like not allowed to give away my own money and volunteer? Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, yeah. And then um, they're like, why don't you create your own DAO? Or turn Metacartel into DAO, or, launch a DAO from Metacosol? And I was like, great, let's, why not do like a style DAO, focusing like a Moloch DAO, but focus on like, of the application layer, right? Um, right. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: what MetaCartel. That was my first impression of MetaCartel was just another Moloch DAO, but it was with a more <laughs> specific direction of what yep. it wanted to fund. And it was like it was Moloch DAO for the UX layer. Is that right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I spent yeah. about a month talking to fill my days up of calls, like 10, 12 calls at a time just talking to everyone I knew in the space, which is not a lot, and just ask everyone for money <laughs> to put it yeah. into a DAO. Um, and I think that back then, that was sort of like, not exciting, but not exciting enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think, like, you know, we announced a DAO and, like, you know, but surprisingly, I guess, when we announced it more publicly, people really wanted to experiment with DAOs. And I think even more after when, like, Joseph Lubin and Vitalik uh, and consensus EF put in, like, four million, million, 4, $5 million into Moloch DAO, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is happening, right? So, um, but even then, we could barely scrape together one hundred fifty thousand dollars by June mm-hmm. um, to launch the thing. Like it was honestly a dire sort of effort of like, and it was I guess like we scraped together maybe a thousand, one point five thousand ETH mm-hmm. at, at the time. It was just like a hundred dollars roughly, or even less ETH than than that. Um, oh no, it was definitely less. It was like nine hundred ETH, eight hundred ETH, yeah, um, and uh we were just like trying to figure this out we were super scared we, like never done a down before <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah it's like i was like shaking like and we had a first down meeting and i was like trembling in my voice i was like trying to get people to introduce themselves right and i was like do people want to do stuff now that like are people like do people like this like i just no frame of reference right. i was just like scared and trying to do things
0: <laughs> it, going back to some of the things we were talking about at the very beginning of this is like it seems to be that Meta Cartel was definitely a balance of work and play right like they had this goofy logo had this kind of funny name um there wasn't really a shared vision or shared direction that was very well yet. defined yet but the vibes no. were very strong it sounded like like the one thing that Meta Cartel had going for it was like really really good vibes uh, and then we enter like the whole Moloch Dow phase where, uh, you know, Amin kind of pioneered, uh, the whole, like yep. making DAOs cool again. Um, and then meta, uh, meta cartel was probably, was just like right behind the whole Dow movement. It's like, well, what, whatever we don't need- we still don't know what our, our organization yep. is going to be about, but we can at least formalize it into a DAO mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. Um, were you, were you, would you say you were the, like the lead community organizer or lead community manager of MetaCartel I was at the, the time?
1: I was the I was the lead uh, slave of MetaCartel. The 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 uh, drummer. I the drummer. did. Yeah, I, I I did everything and anything uh, the community wanted me to do. Uh, uh-huh. I was operating oh. at at its wish. Mm-hmm. I was enforcer, right? Like you know, uh, and to be honest, like now I I haven't like thought too much about that time period when like just trying to formalize what is medical and you know what it is like as a DAO. Right. Um, I was, Holy God, pretty shitless scared. I was like, literally did not know what I was doing. I was like, hope this, like people don't get pissed that I'm like wasting the time. I'm like, it's just like, and when people committed, I'm like, I'm just like, Make sure you commit the eve right like and the onboarding like like it was basically i don't know like it wasn't it was for EFA scan yeah we got everyone to onboard for ether scan oh, shit. you know for the contract <laughs> uh interface there uh yeah uh, and we're like trust me like this is legit like this it was like a instructions in the notion doc and i just like made at crm being like just paying everyone to like onboard um and i was like just a lot of times scared i was like yeah like you know like people who committed like 100 east and like like they, they were very important commitments and i was just trying to make sure that like they came through right. Mm-hmm. um but then we got off and running and i think yeah a lot of those people i knew a lot of it was people reaching out like uh that wanted to join and mm-hmm. it was a mix of like people that just i think were ready to experiment like in hindsight it was like a very forward thinking like everyone who uh, sort of uh, pledges of Metacartal DAO at the start are, like, doing fascinating things now today. Just, like, it was, like, really, like, people who wanted to build DAOs and experiment, and they were the first people who took the leap of faith. I felt like with Moloch, it was a lot of ETH whales, but these people with Metacartal, like, we raised the minimum pledge amount to, you know, 10 ETH from 100, right? So it was, like, a lot more, like, ordinary people, builders, and, like, less ETH whales, and, um, you know, that... I'm like, I'm like ever like so thankful to anyone who even pledged anything to that DAO like back then, because like without their leaps of faith, like it would not be like, we would never have done the experiment. Like it was literally people like, you know, uh, you know, just people from the community being like, look, here's a hundred ETH like you're <laughs> like, here's experiment, you know, like, and I'm like, thank you, sir. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, you know, like. I, I just it was I really couldn't help them back, uh, you know, and uh, I think that's what I really cherish about the culture of like, let's just do it like, you know. Um, and yeah, so and so very so like eternally thankful to like mm-hmm. everyone who like pledged back then that just like or even retweeted or even supported the thing like, you know, yeah.
0: So why did you give a fuck? so much like if it was if the direction of meta cartel was undefined and like the vision was unrealized and and the direction like no one really knew what you were doing and you didn't even know where meta cartel was going why yep. did you put so much energy into it why did you commit so hard
1: yeah so in early 2019 uh i mean yeah i was like trying to like i was gave myself some leeway of like okay let's spend a couple months trying to figure out meta Cartel stuff we'll commit a year but to be honest two three months into the year when i was trying to failing to get the dap incubator stuff off the ground i started looking for jobs again i, yeah. I was like applying jobs to or places pm jobs? roles comms, yeah yeah like crypto jobs it was like okay. comms roles community management roles like ops roles anything non-technical no one would hire me like no one would like pick up like respond to my like application seat like no one would and i was like i'm so fucked like
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like like oh my god
1: like um like i'm like getting pretty broke like this is you know uh like not good like right. um and i think like the medical stuff things like when i when i was rejected and this prospect of like building a it down it's like you know like it was the decision of like go find a continue finding a job or like go continue wandering in the desert <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, just like be accept this ability, like this possibility that I might just get fully lost and like right. not come back out alive or well. And I think to do anything really out there and creative, you just, you have to accept and the fate, this potential fate that you might just get really lost and not and it might not be a good outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just like, it was like, fuck it. You know, this is, there's a chance that like doing the first vocal model was going to be a really big, an interesting stream. This is potentially a chance to like make a mark, right? Like you know, uh, in the space. And uh, yeah, I just went went into it. And I think uh, that's when actually like Binance uh, Tech from Binance X, they were doing fellowships. They had plenty of money back then, so they, I guess they were just funding like cool projects in the space with fifteen thousand dollars, five thousand dollars a month. So it was like a three month uh, thing, and that came in super clutch. Yeah, like I would have. That just like funded like you know I got to Berlin it was super cheap, lots of kebabs, you know I split the payment the fifteen thousand dollar payment a five thousand dollar payment every month, two free ways some to peeve some to Alex Hoffman who was working in the Dow back then some to uh myself and um just like that was super clutch and then once we had money in the Dow it was like okay like I was just sort of every now and then like begging for some money, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, here's a kind of like a couple thousand, like two, three thousand, $3,000, three, $4,000 three, four here and there. Like literally like every two, three months, this wasn't like a weekly thing. It was like right. three months later, I was like, I have no money, please. I need to <laughs> go to <laughs> <Defcon>. <laughs> like, you can have $5,000. Um, and, um, yeah, people were like, yeah, of course. But to me, I was like, just privileged to like welcome on right. the thing. Um, And, yeah, and, and, you know, surprisingly, we had, uh, we got somewhere, I guess. And I think a lot of the, we didn't know what we were doing. We are just, like, funding different things. Like, we funded Kickback. We funded, uh, like, DAO ideas, right? And I think that's when we started going from just daps to, like, thinking more about DAOs of, like, okay, we have grant DAOs, but what about DAOs for parties that sponsor events? What about DAOs that are, like, uh, that are project? How do you turn a project into a DAO? How do we... Uh, Can we take a, create a dev shop DAO, right? Uh, What about an investment DAO, like an upgraded version of the grants DAO that could actually value capture, right? Like, um, and that's where I think a lot of metacultural ideas were like, you know, formed there was like really discovered and also questioned like, what is the future we want to build here? Like, why are we so interested in DAOs? And and, and I think in the latter part of 2019, especially when we had an offsite, we called MCON Zero, right? Which was like 15 of us, just like coming to denver for an offsite after you know um, after uh, osaka devcon we like came together to talk about like what are the values of medikotl what uh, the visions that we wanted to build like in web3 um, and h- what are we going to stand for like what is uh, what are we going to work on and you know and that was a very pivotal sort of like moment sort of time period for medikotl
0: when did you go into that conversation with your own answers as in what you wanted to see Meta cartel turn into absolutely or? none. Yeah. You, yeah. you were there absolutely to listen.
1: None. Uh, we, yeah, I was the guy, I was like, let's do it. Let's hang on Denver. And then like, Oh, people were like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I was just, inc- I, I was like, mind blown that like we could get like 15 brilliant people mm-hmm. from the internet to meet IRL in Denver. Um, it's just like, that was mind blowing itself. Like, let alone MCON, the recent MCON one, like we where I, like got several hundred people to come together, right? Um and I think like there was a moment in like the our brainstorming sessions and our Airbnb where we're like, what like what do we what is our vision? And just like super quiet. <laughs> like no one and then I think I just like started ranting like without any thought in my mind, like everything's gonna be a game. Like, you know, and then people I'm like yeah, like, you know, this is like the shed economic layer for, like that will turn everything into a game. Like you, you know, you can, uh, like schools will be game, like work will, keep, will be gamified. Right. Like, you know, um, you'll work in DAOs. Like everything will be, we just like started ranting, like it, it being absurd about the future with what we knew about DAOs. Right. Mm-hmm. And we wrote it all down in, into this thing called the web free manifesto. Um, and, uh, that's, we should have probably used that as investment pieces in hindsight (laughs) as well. (laughs) You know, we shouldn't have just like wrote it down and do not too much with it. Um, But, and then we wrote down our values. That was a bit more, you know, there was more clarity there. I think we could put it down, but um, that was a very spontaneous moment in the middle of that room where we just like sort of like, yeah, like really express like where we thought the future was going. And like, that was like a strong driving force of like, we want to build this like, world that was more equitable, richer, you know, fairer. Right. Um, and a, a place that could benefit more and more, right. And create more and, and increase less scarcity. Um, you know, so like, and yeah, I think, um, that's one of the uniting factors, I think of medical. Health. It's not only our values and like what we care about, but also like we all generally, I think are like builders. Like we were like either like, n- not like, coders or, like, product people, like, you know, traditionally, it's, like, everyone who's there is, like, here to build the future and, like, of, like, what Web3 is and, like, uh, to explore the frontier, right? And none of us there were, like, really, I think, like, <laughs> we're, like, in it for the tech, basically, right? Um, um, that's one way to describe it.
0: How did you you, you speak about um, the, the, the values in this conversation where you just started ranting and other people were there yeah. and everyone was... Sitting in a, in a circle, all trying to come to terms with how they didn't have an identity (laughs) about what this thing was, but everyone realized that they needed one and no one knew what the answer was, um, how, or why did this whole, um, growing the pie, um, attitude or, um sustainable wealth approach and, and creating wealth and sharing it. Like that's for something I find very, very deep with. And one of the reasons why I'm attracted to the whole Meta cartel cohort of individuals is like, they know that the cool thing about web three and Ethereum is that we have found ways to generate wealth sustainably. Uh, And we get to the, and the more we actually share it, the more we actually get to generate Uh, that took me like I only kind of discovered that mental model and uh, like very, very recently, some of the meta cartel people right. have been talking about this since, since day one. Can you just talk about how that sort of vision and ethos arose? Who, like who voiced these opinions the loudest, what did they say? Right. How did it come about?
1: I think that um, this was from the very, very start of like um, Meta Cartel from the walking group days, like, it just made sense that like, why are we like talking about like meta transactions in isolated pockets? Let's come together, like we're much more powerful, smarter, you know, we can get much more done by collaborating. Mm -hmm. And there was just like this collaborative energy, I think from the very, very, very start. Um, We took that energy to events, like to create events, To uh, we took that energy into everything we did. And I think that really was the driving force. And then I think like somewhere early along the lines, I I knew this African proverb called, like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I just, like, slapped it somewhere. And everyone's like, yeah, that's, like, that's our thing. Uh, So that, and then, so I think that was, like, this random sort of meme that clicked as well, you know. Um, And I think this is where, like, everyone really carries it, like, really has ownership over this. Everyone truly believes it in the bottom of their hearts that this is, like, the best way to actually conduct ourselves in Web3 to work with each other, right? Like we have Metacartal is like a community of different DAOs and different people. Like it, we don't have a single DAO anymore, right? So there's just initiatives of Metacartal. And despite that, we all try to support one another's initiatives. We try to, we, we are like this social fabric that collaborates with events. And, you know, the reason I think we still stick together is because like everyone who's like drawn to it, I generally like feel that like we can benefit one another by like actually operating in a very positive some manner and just like uh, people curation, I think, was a big focus throughout all of Metacartel too, just making sure you had very uh, well-natured like individuals who are more, who are givers than takers, right? Um, And we looked for other givers in spaces and brought them in. Um, And I think that is like sort of the key key, right? Like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, we've had to remove a few bad apples over the <laughs> years. Only a few, to be honest. But um, yeah, like, like I think there's a huge focus in curation, and there was this energy at the start as well.
0: Um, when, if ever, did the conversation about economic sustainability come about? There was ever a moment? Where it was like, hey, guys, like it's really cool that we're that we give away money. But like, you can only give away money for so long until you run out of money, right? Did the conversation of like, how do we make MetaCartel economically sustainable, ever come about?
1: Yeah, um, we did um, throughout the whole time. But and mm-hmm. I think it was only that it only got became more of a t- talking point when um, I think like I really started to burn out in like mm-hmm. early twenty twenty, just completely burn out. I think like barely just got ventured out, up and running then. Um, and massive burnout, just like l- lost all motivation, like wanted to, I was like instantly when I burnt out, like secluded to myself from all social media or communications for like two weeks. And I think like, I, I just like realized what I was doing, like working like literally insane hours, like uh like it would be, I didn't even count the hours, I was like, this is the only thing I did every day and I had one day off and I would just be a vegetable for that day. Mm-hmm. And I think like uh, that creative energy that, 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 you sort of like have the, 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 type, the energy that, you know, makes you go wander in a desert <laughs> aimlessly in search of me, you know, in search of something interesting to build, right. That does have a short fuse on it. Like, uh, and you know, uh, if you can't operate in that mode, which I was operating for the last two years, then very, you know, in a sustainable fashion. And I think that's when we started thinking, that's when we started formalizing roles, paid roles, but by then it was sort of like, okay, like I'm like, totally like burnt out. I just need space and time.
0: Right. Um, in hindsight, now that you are where you are, have you gotten more financial capital by working for, or with Meta Cartel or social capital?
1: That, that was the thing I realized uh, when I burnt out that like social capital doesn't put food on the table, doesn't pay for flights, doesn't uh, pay for, it, you know, you can't fund other people with So like, you can't, (laughs) I I was, I also saw other starving teams and projects that were doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. And I just was totally helpless almost Mm -hmm. like in helping them. And I just felt like terrible. I was like, I literally can't help you. I can reach, like, you know, I can tweet about you, but but, you know, I can't actually like put food on the table for you. And I think that was like a very, and that experiencing that myself made me realize like, Oh wow. Like it you know I think I went from very idealistic like this let's just, let's just experiment to like oh wow like if we we're, if we're sort of powerless without any resources and we're not being sustainable and not generating more resources accumulating more as a community right mm-hmm. um, we can't we don't have, we're sort of powerless right and and you you know uh, and if we care about others and we want to help others we have this like responsibility to make sure we are sustainable and that we are actually do like you know uh, grow resources and grow leverage, grow ability to help people. And, um, like, like resources, wealth, uh, governance, power, influence, social capital, all of this, I feel like is totally meaningful uh, like meaningless, unless you're able, you're able and willing to use that to like benefit others. And like, why, why else would you like, you know, like I, yeah, that, that's sort of the mind shift shift I sort of made. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's sort of what I think Metacartal turned from like a research house more into like, how do we like make sure we make sure like the projects of everyone in Metacartal succeeds? How do we make sure the people individually succeed both, you know, like from uh, the personal, uh, you know, set, like, you know, satisfaction, the personal lives to like the, you know, financial to the create like whatever they wanted to achieve, right? Like that, it became more of that of a focus and I think that's sort of been stemming on ever since last year and we're yet to maybe we're yet to like re-establish what medical is about, but it's been a lot more of that, uh, in, in the last uh, year or so than just let's experiment for the sake of experimenting. Let's, you know, let's just give out grants and do things without thinking about the long term. Mm.
0: Is that where Metacartel finds itself today is in search of economics, uh, sustainability. I would say that really
1: falls in the individuals of its members, but I would distill MetaCartel like today to the most trust. Like I would say, at least trust, from my opinion, like I'm trying to make it the most trusted, most goodwill, good natured list of like curated list of people in all of crypto, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, that's a highly curated list. And um, that's like what it is. It's like, you know, that if you're in presence of MetaCartel, you're in good company, like, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, amongst people who play, uh, shitty games, you know, you're, you're going to have a certain love of trust, like automatically the mood slider, you're, you you know, you're more able to express yourselves and, you know, let your guard down a tiny bit, because, you know, you're, you're amongst people who are, who share your values, but also you're amongst people who are willing to like protect those values as well. Right. Um, and enforce it. And to also like curate for those values. Right. Uh, and I think that's what we're trying to really consolidate. on all around,
0: you know. So does that mean that Metacartel is more of a social DAO? Like maybe, maybe it's I would a, say so. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's just yeah, a, cura- it's a curated think,
0: list of good people.
1: Yeah, and I think the love of curation is not just like you buy. T- I think f- would who knows if we're ever going to have a liquid token. But like right now, as we're thinking, is like we want to have like the best curation, like the most anal, most, like, backbreaking level of curation as pu- humanly possible. Like, uh, like yeah, like, uh, multi-human, factorial vibe-checking, and not just, like, we like this process, it's like we've worked into this person, and we've interacted with them over a long period of time. They've shown how they make decisions, they vibe well, like, uh, they get involved, they lean in, like, this level of, like, curation, and just making sure that, like, we endorse, and we, like, help the people that are truly these gems that care about the same things we do. Succeed in any way, shape, or form, right? Uh, with the collective leverage that we have,
0: right? So, when meta cartels like culture and vision and ethos vibe, if you will, is like you must be a good person, a provably good person, person, and then also be able to use that goodness for others and have an interest in doing that. When we like that, it's very easy to have a positive sun some nature when like everyone is inside of this group with a positive some nature, helping other people with positive some natures, helping other people with positive some natures. And so it's a great way for positive <laughs> yeah. some natures to rise to the top, right? Like you can actually bootstrap, but it, it, historically people always say like, you know, nice guys finish last, right? Like if you're, yeah. if you work for others, then others will just yeah. take advantage of you and extract that. But if you can actually yep. put up borders around the good people yep. and say like here, all the good people go in here and you find yourself mm. with, you won't actually find anyone in Metacartel that's extract only because by definition, it's a uh, curated people of list, a listed, a curated list of people that if you give something to them, they give something more back to you. And then you give something more back to someone else.
1: Yeah. Uh, we celebrate like those that give selflessly. Like it's, it's like we make sure we consciously like. Chant, like, ch- like, you know, uh, really uh, acknowledge and like, you know, uh, highlight that. Um, and I guess it's like Metacartal's version of a good person. You know, like right. a Metacartal good people. Up to your your core, you might think we're a bunch of assholes, and that is totally fine. That is okay. Uh, but we're like a guild. We're a faction in this space, mm-hmm. and we're of a certain flavor. And those that are sort of amongst the core or potentially very well vetted or just endorsed, right, in some way, shape, or form. You know, we, we'll probably work on something more formalized, but for now it's a bit more like, you know, uh, amorphous and, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, like peer vouched. Um, but we want to make sure that, like, you know, uh, yeah, there's a sort of protection. And not only protection, but like this platform to empower those, right, like mm. uh, that give the most. And uh, it's like a social DAO, like in many senses now, yeah.
0: Mm. this This might be, I, I have a very trusting nature and that's in the past it's definitely like cost me I've trusted yeah. people that I should not have trusted. <laughs> this is before yeah. crypto. Um in the last the last few days in Colorado at and at MCON a bunch of all the MCON people, the Metafactory people went out to uh where, where was it? Was it Breckenridge? Somewhere in Colorado? Uh, yeah,
1: I I yeah in um somewhere so sort of lake. Mm-hmm. Oh no no lake Actually, but.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll tell yeah, that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We DLA, yeah, <laughs> Anyways, like,
0: like uh, this, a group of people, they r- rented out like six houses so we could all go hang out with each other in yep. the middle of uh, the Colorado mountainside. And uh, almost everyone brought their backpacks with their laptop and also ledger in it. And everyone just like tossed <laughs> down their backpacks into a little like, here, I, I put your backpacks over there, like dump it over there. Yep, yep. And then everyone just like, started walking around the hills of Colorado in varying states of sobriety. yeah, yeah, no one like it, everyone knew that everyone else's ledgers and laptops were like right next to each other, and no one <laughs> gave a flying like it like no one cared at and that, all
1: that's that, that, that's that's the first time it's ever come across my my mind that like people's ledgers and laptops were all bunched up next to each other <laughs> in a room of those the house houses that were totally right. unattended and
0: I didn't know fifty yeah, percent yeah. of the people there. Like I had, like yeah, I did not yeah. know. Oh Yeah, like uh, I'm not actually in like uh, Meta Cartel, and so like yeah, there's a bunch of. You're, uh, you're in the
1: circles now. You're pretty. You're pretty like you've hung yeah, out with in. like most. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I actually feel like you don't need to be like part of any specific DAO to be a Meta Cartel community mm. member nowadays. It's mm-hmm. sort of like you show up. <laughs> it's like you, you know, it's like you show up to the, I don't know, like the. Uh, scouts or I don't know, you show up to the, some gym a couple of times and now you're regular,
0: right. other, I guess. Right, right, um, right.
1: And yeah, so know, are, so um, are
0: there defined, you are in Meta Cartel or you are not? Is there, is there, is there, is there anything like, de- like actually defined there?
1: I, I, I would say varying degrees, but we need to do a better job. That's why I, I think, you know, over the Christmas, over the end of this year, we're definitely going to, there's a clear intent to really work on defining those, uh, what those boundaries and, well probably what we'll do is just like initially like come work on a list of five, six hundred people who are like these are the meta people mm-hmm. to get added. Um, you know, ask this fill out this type form and mm-hmm. this is the person that's a bouncer, and you might gradually decentralize that. Like you, you know, we might give everyone an NFT and say, like, you guys every year you guys vote on five people who are the gatekeepers and bouncers of this list just like keep it super lightweight like you don't need to have voting like you know curation is done by the best curators like you know not everyone's the best curator of people um so and i and i think most people get that like a lot of the core p medicals has been around for ages like they've always like sort of had suspicions of like why <laughs> like, why why is it like many times like very militaristically like run like wait what like it, you know there's a lot of dictator memes even though we're a DAO, and like but I think over time, the trust is the process that like, you know, right. you give someone, you delegate someone power, you trust. That is literally a value in mm-hmm. trust, trust like, like back others, right? Like mm-hmm. tr- place your trust in them, right? Mm-hmm. They're here for reason uh, and, you know, you can withdraw that trust anytime if you wanted to. So as long as that's, uh, you know, right. um, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to probably formalize that some way, shape, or form and maybe like, you know, just something like democracy, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, revisited, but unchanged. It's like five people, a gatekeeper's, to remove anyone from the list, three people need a vote, and three out of five, multi-sig signers, I don't know, um, to add anyone, two out of five. Mm-hmm. And just the goal is to not grow that list quickly, but painfully slowly. Like, yeah, yeah, very appropriately. Um, Nounce members every three months. Mm-hmm. This should be a process that lives, you know, in the background. mm
0: mm-hmm. Um it sounds and like I think, yeah, it sounds like meta and, and cartel, and I think, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go a little, bit yeah. a little back.
1: And, and I think the end goal is like you know, and we just have this on chain list of addresses where like you guys all get priority access to like all these Stuff. great things, um yeah,
0: it sounds like meta cartel has actually never been wholly defined. sounds like it's always been a little bit of it's just like a vibe, not uh yeah, not a constitution, vibes only. Do you think that, like, maybe that's actually the optimum, optimal path for Meta Cartel is to kind of only be a vibe and not ever have a constitution?
1: It's a good question. (laughs) Uh, If someone comes up with one and we all vibe, yeah, why not? But, you know, I think we've just, I feel like we've always just, just done enough right? to, like, to like just created just enough social infrastructure mm-hmm. for the group to be functional and to go where it needs. And beyond that, um, it's, I think you get like a uh, diminishing level returns in terms of how much effort and thinking you put in.
0: How much um, meaning do you describe ascribe to the meta cartel name? Like I know it was kind of created on a whim. Yeah. Meta cartel. Does that mean name <laughs> oh, mean anything? Um, or at least to you
1: it's sort of it's i it's definitely a bit numb to me i think you know because it's just like it's been everywhere but i think the meaning of it is definitely of a like it's like chaotic good at its best Mm. (laughs) it's like a chaotic good nature like sort of energy right and um that's the sense i get from it and when i think about it i think when I think about a I think about like the standards it's set in the mm-hmm. past by, you know, the former members, the, the members in the past, the prior activities we've done. And it sort of makes me feel like, you know, we should continue. like It's like there's something to live up to, at least in the past. Right. So, um, I, and like a lot of the work we did, I think with, in 2019 and 18, it's like, we could probably never replicate ever again. We were in a totally different state of mind, like just focus as well. Um, and with the right people, right, growing together. Um, and then in that sense, you know, it's like a very rich, I feel like it's, it's just this really rich journey and piece of history we've all sort of been able to share, thankfully, uh, you know, and different people keep joining it. I think that's something we want to foster. It's, like, it's a journey that everyone adds on and on, you know, like some of the best, most active members, who are, you know, are the new ones oftentimes, right? Uh, they bring the energy um, and their vibe um and i almost feel like uh you know when i'm like working with 1kx and working another other dows and helping other people form DAOs, like Metaculta was like as like this element of like chaotic good it's such a it, because it's so also so amorphous like it's just sort of very undefined it's been shifted in what it is over the years i sort of use it as this like almost this expression of community uh, this nature it's like You study, we study nature because it's not controlled. It's erratic and it's, you know, um, emergent. Like, you know, we study uh, how the forest grows, how uh, lightning flashes across the sky, and we look at the patterns. And I feel like what MetaCartel was was this sort of phenomena which I often reflect upon and try to learn from, even years onwards, right? Mm -hmm. Where, like, how do you run a community? What went right? And I try to take pieces of that (laughs) when I was, you know, when I'm like just in same totally tunnel division in you know because I think you're in a different mode when you're like working on something a hundred hours a week, completely broke and you need to create something right. you know you, like you're with your back against the wall and like uh i i definitely not uh at that state level or in that state of mind anymore, and I'm trying to like it's like a fossil which I'm trying to learn from right
0: right um, the it kind of feels like Meta Cartel is like um a meme in the sense that like I remember I worked as a uh, at an ICO advisory company in 2017. That was my first crypto job, and like nice. a number of the ICOs that came through the pipeline were like tokenized memes. It was so antithetical, yes. right? Like we're gonna take a meme and we're gonna tokenize it. Where like, it, yeah. it, you actually can't tokenize a meme. A meme is something right. literally. If you try and capture it, it goes elsewhere. And I feel like that's that's why I asked, um, maybe Meta is better off with an undefined vision because. If you mm. try and define it, well, what, whatever MetaCartel is will actually just route around the definition and it'll turn into something else. Like, great, we made, we informally instantiated right. MetaCartel. Well, mm. fuck it, let's mm. spin up a, a different telegram and, like, talk in that one instead. <laughs> like, I, I feel like if you try yeah. and capture it, it'll, the energy will actually just go elsewhere.
1: This is a very profound point, actually. Um, it, it's, a, it's an amazing point. Like, you're, you're, Yeah, because like even whatever we do, we're like, I think we're going to call it the meta something or Mm -hmm. metacartel's thing, not the metacartel, right? right? That's a meme that will like, we've maybe like instantiated maybe some of the values and the visions that will like be there, but it's almost like it's like hidden. It's like there's been been so many blocks now Mm -hmm. that like it's just buried in the history of Ethereum and like fossilized by all the hashes, right? And we can do nothing now, but to look back and learn at what the, those transactions meant and then try to interpret those, right? Mm-hmm. And what will happen onwards as other blocks we sort of do make, right? Um,
0: yeah. Um. My my vision of Meta Cartel, what the name actually means, like, for, well, first you have Meta and crypto people love being Meta, right? Like we, we like zooming out. Right. Uh, uh, crypto, in my in my opinion, crypto people are kind of tapped in To how the universe works almost better than anyone else any other cohort of individuals in the world in the universe like crypto people they 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 connect weird dots and and then they get it right right and so they understand the world they understand the universe at a meta level right and then the cartel aspect is like uh, a a cartel is like the first early formations of uh, a government right like What do you get out of a cartel cartel comes knocking on the door and says like, Hey, we want to offer you guys protection. And then they, people answered responded like, uh, protection from what? It was like, Oh, anything bad from happening, including us. If you don't pay us, (laughs) Uh, that's what a government is, right? Like governments, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like you got to pay your taxes. And if you don't, we'll throw you in jail. Like that's just one's legitimate one's brand new. Um, so like Mm. we have this nebulous group of people which as, as we've discussed are a group of people with shared vibes, shared values, uh, grow, a positive sum nature with a commitment to help that positive sum nature uh, be bestowed upon other people also in the Meta cartel. And so while we were walking around the hills of Colorado, um, I very much felt like if Ethereum and if the, the values, Ryan said something on the weekly rollup la- last week that stuck with me. And when it was, uh, when you adopt Crypto protocols. You adopt crypto values, and so the, the idea is that, like, when when you take in when you use Ethereum and you come become a part of DAOs and you do, adopt NFTs, you start to adopt the values that are embedded into these systems: to the values of decentralization, the values of everyone is equal, everyone is an admin. And so, going back to to meta Cartel, we have this group that is very very meta that understands the world at a very deep level, and self selects for people that with a positive sum nature that hopefully in my mind, it actually is the new, like society, the new culture, the new genesis of of the new culture, right? Because we want to, we want to completely rip out the old financial system, inject Mm -hmm. it with this new financial system. And then as a result of that, really, what we're trying to do is we're not just trying to get people to adopt new technologies, we're trying to get people to adopt new values. And so for me, meta cartel is like the new social layer zero, right? The new layer zero for not just like crypto, but for the whole rest of the world. And if MetaCartel can keep on self-selecting for the people that carry the vibe forward and add energy mm-hmm. to the vibe, hopefully MetaCartel uh, blankets the whole entire world with its values, with its <laughs> vibe, right? Like, and maybe maybe it's way too ambitious to assume that like, you know, yeah. every single person's Ethereum address will be a part of the MetaCartel. But I do think mm-hmm. that more uh, sneakily, Will cartel come to envelop, envelop the whole entire world by blanketing the whole entire world with its values?
1: Wow, that's a profound uh vision. Yeah. I I I I guess it's weird to see someone uh else sharing, uh talking about Metacartel like that because Metacartel has just been this like tragic like hiccups, a series of hiccups and you know, misadventures and like somehow we're like stumbling forwards and then like now we're here and um it's been, you know, maybe three years since Metacartel's been around. Like, who knows what will be in like seven years? And Metacartel's like ten years old, right? Um, and but I think that's like, I guess one. Yeah, and I guess like, who do you want your neighbors to be in crypto? Right. right? Um, like, Man- how do you Metacartel want them to squat. be? Like, <laughs> right. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, and I, I think like we'll keep doing what we'll keep doing. And, you know, I think this has this insane focus of in, like, you know, uh, championing and cherishing and appreciating great people, you know, great people who give and play positive some games. And um, hopefully, yeah, it leaves the, the space one person better, I guess, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, who are your heroes in the space? Oh man. Who are who are your great people?
1: This is super hard. I think definitely like Amin Soleimani. Like yeah. uh he's amazing mentor, like uh of of me helped me so many ways from like lending me a couch to like mm-hmm. slash bedroom to sleep in in his in spank house uh back in twenty nineteen was like flat broke. Um I think um he's definitely one I think, you know, and then I think there's many others like uh, you know, like the Odyssey crew, um, like, you know, uh, Yale, uh, like James Young, all these other people, like that I'm not mentioning just like the early Metacultural folks, uh, that are like sort of really like shaped how
0: I think, uh, yeah. Awesome. Peter, this is a fantastic conversation. Is there any, anything, any, uh, part of this story that I haven't gone down yet?
1: No, I think uh, this is amazing. Yeah, like I think we really went through everything, all things uh, medical history, right? And um, we talked really, we really went into what it was really about. And mm-hmm. I think hopefully those who are listening may get a better sense of what we are beneath the events, beneath the memes, beneath the surface layer events you might come across. The reason why we are the way we are, like, you know, why we might even be fairly selective and exclusive in the way we operate and in, in, in many ways. And um, so, yeah.
0: What's the uh, the biggest lesson you've learned in crypto that you think would be relevant for, for listeners to hear?
1: I think Metacarta would have never, I think, like been this so important to me if I didn't like take a leap of faith and just like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and And, you know, like just the... Like, I think like to be willing to just wonder and be lost, like, like worth, worth something that I felt was important. Right. So I feel like, you know, if you feel like something's super important, you don't know where it will take you. Um, but you, you believe it's an important cause and mission. And, um, I would say, yeah, like, and there's this huge, ominous sense of unknown, like go for it. Like this, this is like, uh, back yourself and something interesting will happen. Mm-hmm.
0: When you, you use the, uh, wandering in the desert metaphor, like you're out there broke wandering in the desert, trying to find something. <laughs> did you, did you actually find something or did you actually just make a settlement yourself out of this piece of the desert? And then that settlement actually ended up working out, which do you think is more accurate? I think,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's more like, uh, you know, I made enough noise to attract a village and then that village now sustains who I am mm-hmm. in many ways. Right. Like, uh, it's like, it's funny because I'm like almost, uh, the delinquent of the village or city that is medical. Soul, and I'm like, they're taking <laughs> care of me now. Like, it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm lost. I need a car, you know, back to, from the mountains to, to mm-hmm. Denver. I'm like, please please help. (laughs) Like, you know, like, you know, yeah. Someone please, you know, help do this thing or we need a venue, like these brilliant people stepping up and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So like just privileged, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Peter, thank you for uh, coming on layer zero. This has been a, a fantastic conversation.
1: I really appreciate it, David.
0: Cheers. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks and exclusive content, and even the bankless token for airdrops, raffles and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings and weekly roll ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks, everyone, for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.